Hi, John. How are you today? Hi, Elliot. Doing great. Uh, my daughter, Melissa, had a wedding with family and friends last weekend because it was uh, severely limited a year ago because of COVID. So we were very excited to be able to do that. So that was, was a great time. And just back from that. Uh, always good to have good family events. So while you were away, um, our good friends at the various regulatory agencies have been very busy trying to meet the year-end uh, schedule for a bunch of regulations and other issuances. So there's a couple I think that would make sense to talk about. One is the uh, uh, proposed rule on uh, beneficial ownership information reporting. Uh, and then the other one is an advance notice of proposed rulemaking about um, uh, how to bring more of the real estate uh, uh, business uh, under the BSA. So I assume, even though you were away, that you had a chance to at least catch up on the fact that those have been issued. Yeah, and I'd say, yeah, I think two things. Uh, right, they're trying to make year-end deadlines. And also that the, those particular two topics that you mentioned are under the rubric of uh, fighting corruption. Uh, there was a new uh, report, U.S. government strategy on countering corruption, and that talked about anonymous shell companies, talked about real estate. These things were already obviously baked. Um, but yeah, that's right. So the beneficial owner proposal takes a number of uh, all the comments provided during the advance notice and, and puts the, um, you know, does a series of things on who must report the information, when, what information they must provide, all of that. And you got 60 days on this one. And the one thing I would mention besides everybody should walk through and read, you know, 55 plus pages, because it's really essential, as we always say, to comment. Uh, but one of the things I would point out is a group that we're familiar with, we've actually talked to uh, on a number of occasions on some other issues, Transparency International, they were very positive about the proposal. So, if you go to their website, they talk about a number of things that they thought uh, they uh, complimented Treasury on doing, uh, particularly some of the changes in timing. Uh, they talked about, um, you know, the rule does require entities to file the information in, quote, a truly timely manner. And I guess in their comment process, they focused Treasury on what goes on in France and Luxembourg that requires entities to update their information within 30 days of any changes. So the draft rule adopts that approach. So it says that a covered entity that changes beneficial ownership information has 30 days to file. And that's one of just many items in there, but I thought that was particularly interesting. They were not as happy about exemptions. They think the exemptions could be a loophole, a significant loophole, but I think a group like that, an advocacy group like that being pretty complimentary on a proposal it's, it's sort of rare because I, I, like every group on what they run, they always seem to want more. But I, I, I was very impressed with the detail that they provided. Yeah, um, that is interesting. And it is, uh, it is a long proposal uh, in part because they do a comprehensive review of the groupings of comments they received and why they chose to make a change or not based on the comments, which is normal. Um, so you mentioned 60 days. I believe that that takes us out to, I think that would be like February 8th or so. Um, so if you do want to get comments in, that's a, probably a, a January task for you. Um, the advance notice of proposed rulemaking on how to regulate real estate uh, also is on 60 days. And uh, 
Uh, also, uh, will uh, your comments will be due that same day in February. Um, basically, what's happening here is there's recognition that uh, we, we in the U.S. have been slow to really bring, comprehensively bring real estate under our uh, AML CFT regime. Uh, that was noted uh, by FATF, I want to see, in 2016 in their, um, in their review of, of the U.S. program. Uh, there is some reporting obligation of companies, uh, usually it's title insurance companies tend to be the reporters, for transactions in residential real estate, um, but there's nothing on the commercial side. Um, so the, the proposal, or at least the, you know, the advance notice, sets out the problem as it does, talks about a number of key areas, uh, about like which transactions should be covered, um, uh, and uh, what information should be required in terms of both the um, uh, record keeping and reporting, uh, and then uh, asks for insights into the burden uh, or burdens on the folks who would end up uh, being the re record keepers and reporters. Um, we're going to publish on Tuesday a blog post that has more detail on this one, um, but I, uh, I recommend this one for people to read as well. Uh, it published this morning. Uh, well, it actually published on Wednesday morning uh, when we're recording this um, in the Federal Register. And it's a 14 page proposal uh, because they haven't gotten any comments yet. So they don't have to recite all of that stuff. Right. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, you know, again, advance notice, but there's no question in, in my previous life with the Bankers Association during the uh, post 9 11 uh, activity, the Patriot Act, we pushed really hard to get real estate involved here and it never it never resonated with policymakers and that's been a big mistake and so while that that industry and those that advise that industry will have ample opportunity to comment on what can be considered quote burdensome unquote you know it's really time for the domestic real estate market to step up and so hopefully there'll be a good give and take but if you look in certain cities, the reason we have geographic targeting orders is because money's uh, uh, property's been bought bought in cash by oligarchs, peps, you know, cartels, you name it, and we got to start figuring this out. That's exactly right. They they talk about the uh, geographic targeting orders. Interestingly enough, when they go through kind of the history of uh, of the various uh, looks and guidance that they have taken and issued. They actually refer to that period post 9-11 that you just referred to in acknowledging that they uh, uh, they looked very seriously at it, but never issued regulations. Uh, there isn't any real explanation on why they didn't. But uh, but they acknowledge that I guess I would agree. With, I do agree with you. Uh, failed effort, um, you know, almost tw now tw almost 20 years ago that uh, could have turned into something meaningful and yeah. close the key loophole. They blew it. They blew it. I mean, there's no two ways yeah. about it. They blew it. And maybe it was hardcore lobbying. Who knows? But, you know, now's a chance to make amends. Correct. So uh, there were a couple of other things that were issued this week, um, uh, uh, one of which was uh, some updates to the FFIEC uh, examination manual, um, which you and I will uh, try to talk about uh, in the near future. 
And uh, John, I think there was one other that um, you were mentioning. Yeah, the Treasury Department has uh, been involved in some anti-corruption dialogues and meetings. So there's been a number of reports and announcements issued from Treasury broadly dealing with corruption besides the report that I mentioned earlier. So there's been some of that going back to the issue um, on the manual. We will talk about that. I'm part of a stakeholder dialogue with the humanitarian groups that are looking at continue to potentially solve that problem because we've moved, we've moved a bit, but we haven't solved it. So more to come on that. And we'll give you our, our quick take on, on how a manual change from a practical standpoint might, impact um our clients okay so uh let's do our um shameful ads uh, i'll do the first one the first one is shameless uh, plugs do- they're not shameful ads <laughs> i beg your pardon shame you're right Sh- right you're right shameless shameless plugs uh if you uh like uh if you like this and you liked our other ones you can find us uh on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, we have lots of other great content on our website. And we have uh, uh, our last monthly webinar of the year coming, John. Why don't you talk about that? Yes, it's taking a look back at 2021 and a preview of 2022 on anti-human trafficking issues. We have a great panel, a great moderator. Our colleague, Joe McNamara, will moderate. Uh, We're going to go into how the financial sector has to deal with this and policy issues and uh, a view from academia. So I know you're going to get a lot out of it. And that's on the 16th at one o'clock Eastern time. Yes. Go to our website and uh, you can register there, get, and then you'll get the link and you can join us. Um, And uh, we're already working on our 2020 schedule of uh, webinars and um, you'll start to see those advertised uh, later uh, in the month. So, Uh, John, you have a great week and we'll be back together uh, next week uh, with another uh, installment of this week in AML. Take care, Elliot. Talk soon. Bye bye.